You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. to life? Are you looking for more joy, freedom, and purpose in your life? This is Living a Courageous, Authentic Life with your host, Jennifer Monahan. Many of us may be focused on getting ahead and achieving our goals, but we may soon realize that something is missing. Jennifer was there, and now she's here to help you reclaim your personal power, find joy, and realize your full potential. Now, please welcome the host of Living a Courageously Authentic Life, Jennifer Monahan. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Today's topic is going to be about happiness and kind of a close cousin to that, being playful and having fun. So if you want to share your thoughts or experiences, give me a call at 866 451 1451. I've been uh, binge watching a bit of Will Smith's movies lately, and while I'm not sure why, um, it's it's been a, a fun time. I started with uh, Men in Black, which if you haven't seen it, it's a classic as far as I'm concerned. It's a fun story about him uh, with Tommy Lee Jones going and, and ca- capturing aliens and everything on Earth, so it's a fun movie. But then from there, I moved on to Seven Pounds, which is a real tearjerker. And if you haven't seen it, uh, make sure you have some Kleenex with you. Uh, And then Collateral Beauty, where he's mourning the death of his daughter and then wrapped it up with The Pursuit of Happiness, which is a a true life story of a man and his five-year-old son in San Francisco, uh, I think in the 80s. And they're homeless for a year while the man finishes an unpaid internship and hopefully gets a job at the end of it. What was interesting is as I thought about uh, three of those movies, Seven Pounds, Collateral Beauty, and The Pursuit of Happiness, they're all pretty heavy moody movies. They're all dramas, and they have some really intense themes. There's death, there's homelessness, there's despair, um, and, and a lot of heavy emotions tied to it as well. And yet in each one of those movies, Will Smith's character finds a way to be at peace with his reality. And he eventually finds a way to move into a state of happiness in spite of all of the negative things that are going on in his life, um, which really got me to thinking about happiness and hence today's topic. Uh, next week is Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. and it's the unofficial start to summer, which is a time usually where people tend to kick back and relax and have a good time. And I thought it would be a perfect time to talk about happiness. So, you know, starting off by thinking, what is happiness? Some people think that it is an emotion, and I actually think it's much more than that. Happiness is really a state of being. It's where you feel that your life is good, 
in spite of everything else that may be going on, uh, in spite of times where you're having, you know, some difficult times, you have a general level of satisfaction. You have a sense of purpose or meaning about your life. And that brings you to this state of happiness. Psychology today actually defines happiness uh, and says this about happiness. And it was pretty insightful for me. Research shows that happiness is not the result of bouncing from one joy to the next. Achieving happiness typically involves times of considerable discomfort. Money is important to happiness, but only to a certain point. Money buys freedom from worry about the basics in life, housing, food, clothing, your genetic makeup, life circumstances, achievements, marital status, social relationships, even your neighbors all influence how happy you are or how happy you can be. So do individual ways of thinking and expressing feeling. Researchers estimate that much of happiness is under personal control. Regularly indulging in small pleasures, such as warm baths, getting absorbed in challenging activities, setting and meeting goals, maintaining close social ties, and finding purpose beyond oneself are all actions that increase life satisfaction. As I thought about that, I started thinking about how many people really are happy. I love this idea that happiness is under our own personal control, since many of us seem to look outside of us for happiness. And what I found is that happiness seems to elude a lot of people. In fact, a 2017 Harris poll found that only 33% of Americans are happy. And the 2017 World Happiness Report found that American happiness level was at the lowest since 2006. And interestingly enough, about 7% of the population has a major depressive disorder, which they said is a corollary or the, the tie-in to a lack of happiness. Happiness can be an internal quest. Many people look outside of themselves for happiness. Maybe that new shirt, that new pair of shoes, the latest iPhone or the new car will make me happy. Maybe if I spend time with my friends, I'll be happy. All of these external things may give us for a brief moment, a moment of happiness. So you might have happiness with the shirt, the shoes, the iPhone, the car. Uh, you might be happy when you're with your friends, but what about when you're alone? What I've found is that external things may bring a brief burst of good feelings, but they really don't make me happy and they don't make people in general happy. You've heard of buyer's remorse, and buyer's remorse is directly tied to that letdown that you feel after you've purchased something because the joy associated with the purchase has worn off. As we think about happiness, it really is an internal state that doesn't require external stimuli to achieve, and we're going to talk more about that today. We're going to talk about how to achieve happiness even when things in our life aren't exactly as we want them to be, and we'll look into how when things are bad, you can still cultivate that state of being. So I mentioned that happiness is defined as a state of well-being where you feel that your life is good and you have satisfaction and a sense of purpose or meaning about your life. And that quote from Psychology Today, one of the things that I found most interesting about it was that the research said that achieving happiness typically involves times of considerable discomfort. And that made me stop and pause for a moment, because why, why would that be? Shouldn't happiness be the absence of any discomfort or unpleasant times? As I thought about it, I realized that while we would hope that it would be that way and we would think it would be that way, the reality is that life is not that way. 
We all will have discomfort. We will all have unpleasant times as we live our lives. That's the reality. That is how life is. And some of us may have some really horrible times. Some of us may end up with a debilitating illness. Some of us, maybe all of us, may lose a person we love and end up with a broken heart. And some of us experience things that are so far beyond our ability to even comprehend how horrible they are um, that we can't envision them finding happiness. I've always said that it's difficult to appreciate the, quote, good times if you haven't experienced the, quote, bad times. And happiness, I think, is the same way. It's recognizing that you have this ability within yourself, even when you're in a bad time, to find peace and happiness. Uh, But happiness is not more than just focusing on the good times. And here, I think, is the key takeaway from, from today's show. Happiness is a choice. It's a choice that we have. Each one of us has the ability in ourselves to choose happiness or any other state of being. We can choose to be miserable. We can choose to be depressed. We can choose to be uh, worn down and, and, and victims and all of those things. We have the ability to choose how we go through life and the, the state of being that we carry forward with us. And I purposely don't call happiness an emotion because I believe it is much more than that. To me, happiness is a way of living. It's a state of being. It's how we choose to go forward through each day, and it's a perspective or an attitude or even outlook, whatever you want to call it, that we have and that we live. And living it is the most important thing. Like anything else, you need to walk the talk. Happiness can include things like having a positive perspective, feeling grateful for your blessings, um, recognizing the, the small joys in life. There's a whole host of ways that you can define and feel happiness. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our break. If you have any questions or if you want to share your happiness stories or happiness tricks, give me a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. French Rastafarian baker Chef Oogmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Chef Ouvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ouvmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoub.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. 
frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and today we're talking about happiness. And before the break, I mentioned that happiness is defined as a state of well-being where you feel that your life is good, you've got satisfaction and a sense of purpose or a meaning about your life, and that that's really an internal state of being. Then you have a choice every day to choose to be happy, to be happy, to be in a state of happiness, or to be in a different state. Um, Living this, being happy and practicing being happy is one of the things that we can do to really improve our overall uh, well-being and state, especially when we're in a time of discomfort, because this happiness state of being can be invaluable in helping you get through that time. Our mindset really, really dictates uh, how much suffering we have when we are going through a tough time. We can We can focus on how things are bad and the things that are causing us pain or discomfort. We can focus on how we wish things were and our expectations on, on everybody else as we go through whatever it is we're going through. Uh, but those types of actions tend to increase our discomfort and increase our lack of well-being. When we focus on being happy, we can actually minimize our discomfort. And let me share an example. I know I talk about my accident a lot, uh, but it really was a turning point for me in my life. When I was hit by the minivan, when I was walking across the street, that was definitely a time of discomfort. I was in uh, extreme physical pain uh, and having a 4,000 pound vehicle hit you at 25 miles an hour while you're walking would do that. Uh, I had never really been injured before. Uh, The last time I had been injured and had had to go to the emergency room was when I was 18 years old and I had cut my finger at work and had to get three stitches. So you could see where this situation was a whole lot worse. And I'm lying in the middle of the road uh, in a level of pain that I had never experienced before. People were gathering around and trying to help me out of the road, but I really didn't want to be touched or moved because I didn't know what was broken. I just knew that I was in pain and I knew that I, I was physically unable to stand or walk because of my injuries. So the ambulance and the police got there. They got there pretty quickly, which was great. And I consciously chose to laugh and joke And I even flirted a little bit with one of the EMT drivers um, after he asked me if my driver's license was a fake ID because there was no way that I could actually be as old as was written on the license. Now, he probably was being super, super nice about that because at that point my face was a mess. But anyway, I consciously chose to do this. I, I chose to laugh and be as happy as I could be. And by doing those things, I was able to distract myself from the pain I was in. By not focusing on the pain and by putting my my focus on this, I'm going to try to connect with these people and feel as good as I possibly can in this moment, the pain actually decreased for me. And as a side note, I, I think I may have gotten even better care and attention from the EMTs and the police officers because I was pleasant to be with. So that was probably an added bonus. 
Let me share another example with you. I have a client, uh, she's in her mid sixties and about a year ago she lost her eyesight and she is now completely blind. And she came to me and started working with me because she wanted to have a coach to cheer her on. What inspires me most about this woman, I mean, think about it, you, you, in your mid sixties, anytime you lose your eyesight is difficult, but in your mid sixties, losing your eyesight and, and finding that you are not able to do a whole lot of things that you used to be able to do. And you have to relearn how to do pretty much everything that you've ever done. In spite of all of that, she's happy and she's confident. And she's, she continually tells me that she's going to continue and is continuing to live a meaningful life. Um, she recognizes that she has some tough days uh, as she's going through this process of relearning how to navigate through her home and how to get to the bus stop and get on the bus and how to go grocery shopping, all these things. She recognizes that she's got some tough days ahead of her and a lot of work to do. But I will tell you that I have no doubt at all in my mind that she's going to get there. She's so happy and so confident and her outlook is so positive that it's pretty much a no brainer. Nothing is going to stop her. Even when she has bad days, she says, well, that's behind me and I'm going to move ahead and I know I can get this. What's really interesting is that having this happy state of being has been proven through many, many studies to help with the healing process and can help foster good health. Uh, so there's really a whole host of benefits of happiness. They found that uh, when you're happy, your heart rate and your blood pressure lowers. Uh, happiness increases the effectiveness of your immune system. So that means you're less likely to get that cold that's going around the office if you are in a state of happiness. It also helps lower your stress and lower your pain when you're in pain, as much as I did when I had my accident. And they found that having a happy state of being may even help combat disease and disabilities and increase your lifespan. So happiness is a good thing, and we really should focus more on, on doing that. I, I saw a quote online, uh, theoretically by Shakespeare, and, and it said that Shakespeare once said, I always feel happy. You know why? Because I don't expect anything from anyone. Expectations always hurt. Life is short, so love your life, be happy, and keep smiling. Just live for yourself, and before you speak, listen. Before you write, think. Before you spend, earn. Before you pray, forgive. Before you hurt, feel. Before you hate, love. Before you quit, try. And before you die, live. And I really think that sums up both what my client, who's blind, is that's almost like her mantra. She has no expectations. She knows that her time on this planet is limited, as all of ours is, and she's going for it with the gusto. Since happiness is a state of being on life, you can, in fact, cultivate it. And we're going to spend some time today talking about how to do that. The key to cultivating happiness, the key to having a state of happiness is to practice it and make it part of your daily routine. Uh, it needs to be part of your daily life so that you're used to it, so that it becomes a way of being for you. And I'm going to share some ideas with you on how you can, in fact, do that. One of the simplest ways to start to cultivate a state of happiness is to look for the good things in your life. So what's going on in your life that's positive? Even if there's a lot of negative things, what is it that's going on that's positive? So maybe it's the support you get from 
close friend or a family member. Maybe it's the love you get from your dog. Maybe it's the feeling you get seeing the flowers in your garden. Whatever it is, make note of it and let the feelings that it brings up for you fill you up with positivity. So we're going to talk about some other ways that you can practice happiness in your life when we come back. If you have questions or thoughts, give me a call at 866-451-1451. Stay tuned. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about happiness and the pursuit of happiness and how to actually achieve happiness in your life. And during the break, we had Cindy call in. Cindy, are you there? I am, Jennifer. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. How are you today? I'm I'm good. Um, this topic, timely as they always are, um, is is perfect. And as I was listening in the previous segment, you were about to talk about um, how to cultivate happiness. And uh, interestingly, uh, that is the bridge for me that is between the acceptance of the state of being that, you know, for specifically my life may be in at the moment and Mm -hmm. releasing all of the anxiety and the stress of the outside circumstances. And the next bridge would be to, okay, how do I, how do I then feel happy about the current circumstance? And so, um, you know, the, the timing of, of getting some info about, uh, how to practice that is perfect. I, I appreciated the one thing that you had said before the break about looking for the good. Um, there's been a series of ridiculously, for lack of a better way, stupid things that have happened this year mm-hmm. for me. 
And all of them have been these external annoyances, nothing majorly significant, no illness, mm-hmm. no fabulous, intense destruction, but just massive annoyances, including one yesterday. And so in the moment of all of the annoyances yesterday in a car accident that I had that I am perfectly fine and the car is drivable and can be fixed. Um, yes, um, I was in that moment with the adrenaline rush of the feelings of the accident with the police officers and the other people that were in the accident along with me looking for the good. Because that's funny. It's like our brain immediately goes to what, what our grandmas used to say. It always could be worse. So let's look for the goodness yeah. of the of the moment. So then beyond that, I'm stuck. <laughs> uh, beyond yeah. that, what, you know, to cultivate the happiness of the of the present circumstance certainly is one I think that I'm not unique in. I, I don't know too many people that know how to do that effectively, regularly. Right. I mean, effectively, I might be able to pull it off for a day or two, but, you know, regularly, like this spiritual diet, how to do it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, well, a couple thoughts come to mind as you're talking, Cindy. First off, it is you have to practice like anything else. There, there is a lot of truth of, you know, you know, that saying, fake it till you make it. Right. There's a lot yeah. of truth around that when it comes even to happiness and, you know, smiling when we smile is it, it I don't know, sends a single to our brain or something that says, oh, we're, we're feeling good. We're feeling happy. Uh, and we've all been through times where we've gritted our teeth and we're smiling and we're like, this is the fakest smile I've ever had. And I can't believe I'm in this situation. But if we keep it up, the smile actually helps. Right. But, you know, Mm -hmm. as you were talking, when I was thinking about, you talked about them as being, you know, all these pesky annoyances. And what came to mind for me was mosquitoes, right? And a year ago, I was exploring some Mayan ruins here in Guatemala, and the mosquitoes were just swarming me. And they were not swarming the friend that I was with. They just obviously thought I was a walking feast. And it was bad enough that I actually stopped and I meditated a little bit about why would mosquito be coming to me? Why would these little pesky annoyances be coming to me? And the message that I got from that meditation was that, you know, mosquitoes, their gift, like as a, a spirit animal or a power animal is they help you, they help you see how strong you are. And they help you realize that all this little stuff, these little annoyances of the mosquitoes biting you, or in your case, you know, the the accident you had yesterday, obviously bigger than a mosquito biting you, but you've got this. You are a strong, capable woman. This isn't going to bring you down. Yeah, it's um, it's now to the point, which perhaps this may be the reason that there, this year has unfolded the way that it has that I, I surrender to it. I mean, it's, it's nonsensical. It's, it hasn't gotten to the place that it's made me actually laugh yet. All of these annoyances that have occurred, but it's close to it. (laughs) It's close to that. Like even yesterday, you know, I get out of the car and I look at this and I, you know, uh, somebody hit me. I was standing still. Uh, Nobody was significantly hurt. Um, And I looked at my car and out loud, I said, really, seriously, really? You know, um, because I'm not, I'm, I'm effectively standing still on the planet and much of the mosquito analogy is a good one. There's a swarm, you know, because it's a a universe is swarming me. Um, and I feel like you're saying out loud, get away from me, stop it now. I'm done. Yeah. You know, enough. 
Um, so uh, the the strength aspect, uh, you have taught me a beautiful gift uh, specifically in this in these last six months about uh, going with the flow, and that just resonates in my head with these nonsensical annoyances. Um, I'm now trying to bridge the gap from the going with the flow concept, which I think I'm pretty good with now. I think I'm really, yeah. I don't want to say I've mastered it because gosh knows I don't want to be tested more, but I want to bridge the gap to now be happy about yeah. the annoyances and be happy about the proverbial mosquitoes and be happy about the inconveniences and the nonsensical road blockages that are just coming my way for no reason other than I'm standing still. Um, right. And, uh, right. Um, you know, looking for the good in each of these and in each of the circumstances this year that have occurred. Yeah, there's lots of different examples that could have been worse in each of the silly things that have occurred. Um, all right. of them annoyances, but always could have been worse. Um, and looking for the good in the in the um, the circumstance that was given to me. Um, I, I want to feel happier about them, though. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to know feel what? happier about being swarmed by mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just be so grateful that you are strong and capable of handing, handling it. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, Cindy, I think that's completely possible. I think the fact that you're, you've learned how to go with the flow means that you are releasing expectations and releasing anger and things like that around the situations. Not to say that you can't feel anger, right? Because that's true, but not holding on to it. You're just like, okay, this is how it is. And now I just have to keep moving forward and moving forward. So I think if you add in some, some different, I'll talk, you know, as we keep going through the show today, I have a whole list of ways to help bring about a happy state of being. And I think if you add some of these in and really practice them, I think you'd be really surprised at how, your uh, your state of being changes. I'm very compliant, so I, as you know, so <laughs> I will look forward to hearing your list. Thank you very much again, and as always, oh. this show is magnificent. Oh, thank you, and thank you for calling in. I love it when you call in. We're going to take a quick break now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to create a state of happy happiness in your life. If you have questions or comments, give me a call at 866-451-1451. Stay tuned. Patricia Fayweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline. And she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes. And she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact a symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. 
In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about happiness and uh, what it is and how to achieve it. And uh, we were talking about how to cultivate and make happiness a daily part of your life. And one of the first ideas that I shared was this idea of looking for the good things in your life, Um, whether it's the support that you're getting from a friend or a neighbor or a family member uh, or the love that you get from your dog, whatever it is, making note of it and really let the feelings that that it creates fill you up with positivity. When things in life are really bad, there is always something that is good that you can find. Uh, Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood talked about how when he was a little boy, he saw something on the news that was really upsetting for him. And his mother told him to look for the helpers. Whenever things are bad, there are always people who line up to help. And this is true of natural disasters and other disasters, but also true in our individual lives. Look for the helpers in your lives. This is one way to find what's positive that is going on in your life through a difficult time. So look for those helpers. They could be human. They could be animal. They could even be spiritual helpers. But but whoever they are, um, not only look for them, but be open to the help that's being offered to you. A second way that you can cultivate a happy state of being is to surround yourself with positive, happy people whenever you can. Because by being with them, they will help you to be positive and happy as well. Uh, there's nothing worse than being in the presence of someone who's negative and isn't open to positive emotions. So the type of person I'm talking about here is like uh, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And they see everything through a very gloomy lens. And that's really different from a person who's having a rough time. Perhaps they lost their job or have a serious illness or lost a loved one. This type of person needs a support system around him or her to help them grieve and move forward. That's different from someone who's like an Eeyore. And it's exhausting being around an Eeyore. They can bring you down. And you can almost absorb uh, their energy. So whenever possible, surround yourself with happy, positive people. And if you do have to be with someone who is like an Eeyore, uh, be aware that when you're in that situation, be aware of it so that you don't absorb their negativity and can then move forward being more happy and positive yourself. So if you know you're going to be with someone who's who's negative and is a bit of a downer, come up with ways in advance that you can minimize the negativity. Maybe you set a time limit to be with that person. Or maybe you come with uh, some scenarios, come up with some scenarios and devise an approach on how you'll handle them. So, for example, if he brings up his bad luck, then I change the conversation to this different topic. But whatever it is, plan to be when you have to be with somebody who is negative or, or downing to you. 
since energy is infectious, you'll find yourself becoming happier if you're with a happy group of people. So option number two, hang out with happy people. Number three is to do things that bring you joy and align with your passions and purpose. So those are the things that really you lose all sense of time doing. You might even forget to eat. Next thing you know, it's five hours later. Um, These are the things that really help you connect to that happy state of being. Even if what you're doing, even that thing that you're doing doesn't always go smoothly. So find out what that is and, and bring more of that into your life. When I was a little girl, one of the things I loved doing was reading. Every week during the summer, my grandmother would take me to the library and I'd go home with at least a dozen books and I would devour them. I'd stay up all night uh, to finish a book and then start on the next one the next day. Um, All-nighters are a bit tough for me now, but even now, if I feel a little depressed or negative, I'll read. And guess what? I feel happier after I do that. And that's because uh, reading is one of those things that brings me joy and really aligns with what I like to do. Um, And I've also found that when I read, I'll get some insights or inspiration that helps me have a more positive outlook. Another thing that you can do is figure out your purpose and then share it with the world. One of the key components of happiness is that you have a sense of well-being and purpose. So what is your purpose and what can you do to feel purposeful and meaningful and valuable uh, to the planet? Is it a volunteering thing? Is it spending time with a family member? Is it focusing on helping your children with, uh, with their schoolwork and helping them grow and evolve? Is it working with animals? Whatever it is, whatever that, that thing is that aligns with your purpose and helps you feel purposeful, uh, figure that out so that you know what your heart wants you to do so that you can help make the world a better place and you can start to tap into that happiness that lives within you. Another thing is to dream. And this really ties into this concept of knowing what your purpose is. So what is it that you want for your life? Really dream about it, imagine it, visualize it, feel it, and let yourself feel how wonderfully happy you feel when living the life of your dreams. So that's the first part of it is to dream. And then the second part is to go for it, go make it happen, or at least take that first step because happiness is a present moment thing. And when we defer doing what we want, when we defer going after our dreams, when we defer becoming the person we want to become, we limit our happiness. So dream and then start taking steps to realize your dreams. Movement is another great way to uh, establish a state of being that's happy. Our physical body is meant to move. We're not meant to sit on our butts in front of the TV, binge watching, you know, a year's worth of episodes in, in two afternoons. So get up, move, take a walk, go dance, exercise. When we move, our, our bodies, our outlook, and our attitude always improves. Being grateful, having gratitude is another way to cultivate happiness. So appreciate what others do for you. Appreciate the beauty around you. Be grateful for what you have rather than looking at all the things you want or lack. When we can appreciate what we have, uh, our happiness and our joy increases. And look for things, for people, for events, anything to be grateful for every day. There's, there's a lot of truth in the old adage of counting your blessings and how that helps you to be happy. Learning and growing is another way to uh, be happy as well. 
Much like we are not meant to sit around and watch TV all day, we are also not meant to stagnate uh, emotionally and mentally. So learn and grow. Maybe try something new. Explore a new part of your town. Go to the supermarket and pick up and prepare a fruit or a vegetable that you've never tried before. Go on a vacation to a country you haven't visited. I mean, the list is endless of all the things you can do to change things up and learn and grow. Uh, and since that's part of our life mission, um, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense to stop doing it. And if it terrifies you, take a deep breath and go do it anyway. We're going to take another quick break here. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, give me a call at 866-451-1451. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about how to be happy. Stay tuned. Horses, mystical, present, past, and future, all in one. Wild, free, domestic, and healing for everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. There are artists and then there's Alice Asmar. This award-winning artist has spent her entire life devoted to her artistic pursuits and has had a lifelong fascination with American Indians of the southwestern United States. Her book, Dance to the Great Spirit, showcases her drawings and paintings inspired by sacred rituals of the Pueblo Indians, and four of her lithographs are in permanent collection at the National Museum of American History and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. She is one of four artists in the United States to win a Woolley Fellowship for study in Paris at Les Colday Beaux-Arts and has been featured in numerous publications. She's exhibited at the world's most prestigious museums and galleries and recently won a 20-year service award from the Burbank City Council and the inaugural art competition of the Foundation of the United States in Paris. Visit www.asmarart.com, www.aliceasmarinternational.com and email alice at aliceasmar at aol.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about happiness. What is it and how to cultivate it? And we're going to continue on our, our list of things that you can practice to help you cultivate that sense of happiness in your life. One of the things that you can do is to do, um, quote, the right thing. So studies have found that when we align with our personal morals and ethics, we're happier. When we don't, it actually decreases our happiness level. So when we don't cheat on that math test or when we return the extra change the cashier gave us by mistake, we are actually happier as a result. Other ways that you can uh, cultivate happiness in your life is to look for ways to make other people happy. When we do something to help someone else out and we do it without any expectation for anything in return, we are happy in the knowledge that someone else's life has been improved. 
I remember years ago, one of my friends uh, had been really swamped at work. And in the middle of all this chaos that was going on in the office, her mother passed away. So another friend and I went into her office while she was out on her bereavement leave, uh, because she was out for about a week uh, handling all the details. And we spent an entire day cleaning her office and actually helping her with her work. And we laughed and we talked the entire time, wondering what our friend would think when she returned and saw that the, uh, the office fairies had visited. And that sense of happiness, that joy over helping that friend stayed with me for a long time. So this idea of looking for ways to make other people happy is a beautiful way to cultivate happiness in your life. I talked about this next one when Cindy was on the phone, but smile. So that old adage of fake it till you make it definitely applies. And the great first step is to smile. Smiling has been shown to improve our dispositions. And when we're on the receiving end of a smile, um, it can't help but feel, help us feel good and make us smile back. Spend time outdoors uh, is another way. So there's so much beauty and tranquility in nature, and it really can lift our mood and bring us peace. A walk or a hike can help you clear your head and bring you uh, solutions that you need to your problems that you may be having. Laughing. A good belly laugh can do wonders for your outlook. And playing and having fun. So, uh, you know, I question for everybody out there, when was the last time you gave yourself the freedom to have a great big belly laugh and just have fun? And the truth is adulting can be hard work. And sometimes we make it even tougher by forgetting to have fun. We have our to-do lists, we run around like crazy, and pretty much every minute of our day is filled up with things that, quote, just have to get done. Um, But we're meant to laugh and have fun and to play. And you can see this. I mean, it's built into all of us. If you look at even little tiny babies, find ways to interact with us and find ways to amuse themselves. And and they're basically playing when they discover their hands or their feet and they're playing with them. And this continues until we're adolescents. And then somewhere, I don't know quite where it happens, but adolescence, early, early 20s or so, we stop. According to the National Institute of Play, and yes, there is such a thing, play is essential to our health and well-being. It helps us deepen relationships in an experience that's based on trust and happiness and laughter. And it has all the same impacts of our health that happiness does. So playing is another thing that you can do and to, to increase your sense of happiness. I wanted to share a story about this man that I met a few years ago. He is a San Francisco taxi driver. Uh, His name is Oscar, and he's from El Salvador in Central America. And he was taking me to my doctor's appointment back when I had the accident. And we ended up getting stuck in traffic a little bit. And we spent the ride talking about him and his life and what his life story was. So he was born to a very poor family. And when he was 10 years old, his family could no longer afford to send him to school. In many Central American countries, public school is not free. You have to pay an annual registration fee. You have to pay a monthly fee that helps pay for the teacher's salary. You have to buy the books and all the materials. Nothing is provided. And you need to buy the school uniform. So unfortunately for many families, when times are tough and they don't have a lot of money, school is one of the first expenses that they cut out. 
Luckily, there are no age limits in the school, so you can go back when you can afford to, which is why you'll see 18-year-old students in seventh grade in Central America in, in different schools. So anyway, with Oscar, his family couldn't afford the tuition, so he was going to have to drop out of school, and he was sad about that. He really enjoyed school. He wanted to learn. Uh, he had a lot of motivation and drive. It so happened that his uncle was visiting. Uh, his uncle lives several, well, quite a ways away by car, several hours away. And when his uncle heard that Oscar was going to have to drop out of school, he made an offer to Oscar and the family. And what he said was, hey, why don't why doesn't Oscar come and live with me in my town? I'll send him to school in my town and I will pay for his school. So Oscar was thrilled and the family agreed to the plan and Oscar went. He went in the car several hours away to his uncle's house. And for the first month or so, everything was great. Oscar went to school. He lived with his uncle. He made some friends. He was learning. He was happy. And then after a couple months, his uncle came to him and he told him, I can no longer afford to send you to school. And I can no longer afford to house you. So at 10 years old, Oscar was out on the street, homeless, and very far from where his parents lived. He debated about what to do. Uh, should he try to walk home and live with his family, or should he do something different? And what he told me as, as we were riding in the cab was that he had heard about America from his friends, and he heard that it was a wonderful place. Now, what he heard was maybe slightly exaggerated since he had actually heard that the streets were paved in gold, and that's not true. But he had heard that it was a wonderful place for opportunities, and he decided that he wanted to go to America. He had no way to get there except by walking. So he started walking. At 10 years old, he decided to walk to the United States. He walked through El Salvador to Guatemala, through Guatemala to Mexico, through Mexico to the United States. And as he walked, he stopped when he needed to so that he could do some odd jobs so he could earn money to buy food uh, or to pay for any tariffs or any passage such as, you know, if he needed to cross an extremely large river such as the one that separates Mexico from Guatemala, he had to be able to pay for the boat ride in order to do that. Um, and yet he kept going. So we're going to take a quick break. I want to share the rest of Oscar's story with you when we come back. Uh, so stay tuned. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Dupula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. 
Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about happiness and what it is and how to get it. Before the break, I was talking about Oscar, a cab driver that I had met in San Francisco. He was driving me to an appointment, and he was sharing his life story with me about how he really wanted to go to school and moved in with an uncle who could no longer, after a couple months, support him, and at 10 years old was out on the street, and he decided to go to the United States, and the only means that he had available to him was were his feet. And so he walked. He walked through El Salvador to Guatemala to Mexico and then to the United States. And he would stop where he needed to in order to earn money. Um, In some places he would stop for quite some time. Uh, When you're a 10-year-old child or an 11-year-old child, there's a limited number of jobs that you can get and it can take a while to, uh, to earn the money you need to buy food or get a new pair of sneakers or whatever. It ended up taking him seven years to walk from El Salvador to the United States. And he shared with me that along the way, he had many experiences. Uh, He also suffered some really incredible hardships that you would never want to have a child suffer. He did this alone. He was walking alone as a child. But what he told me and what really plays out here to this concept of happiness, that he had a purpose And that purpose was to get to the United States because he felt that he could have a better life. He felt that he would have opportunities. And that purpose gave him the motivation. It kept him positive. It kept him walking. And it kept him going after his dream. Today, he's an adult. Um, He's an American citizen and he has a family. Uh, And he told me that Every day, he remembers that feeling that he had when he finally got to the U.S. border and came into the country. Um, He is probably one of the happiest people I've ever met. When you get into his cab, he is beaming. I mean, there's joy emanating from him, and it's contagious. And you really can't help but smile and be happy in his presence. He told me that pursuing his dream of coming to America made all of the hardships that he suffered during that seven-year walk completely worth it. He knew that if he kept his vision in his mind and was literally, not just figuratively, but literally taking steps every day to make his vision a reality, that whatever hardship he was experiencing was a temporary experience that he could make it through. To me, Oscar uh, just 
is a, a perfect symbol of happiness. And he really sums up a number of the things that we talked about today in terms of ways that you can feel happy. He focused on the positive. He surrounded himself with positive people. He shared that with me, that he was surrounding himself with positive people as he continued on his journey. He had a purpose. He had a goal that was motivating him, and he was actually taking steps towards that goal. He had a vision of what he wanted for his life. He could see it. He could feel it. He could taste it. Um, and he told me that whenever he could, he would stop, and he would laugh, and he would have fun, and he would play. Uh, he spent almost all of his time outdoors, so he was embracing the uh, beauty that was around him. So uh, regardless of what's going on in your life, when I think about a 10-year-old boy walking for seven years um, and being happy about it and achieving a state of happiness, I think all of us can as well. So we talked a lot today about happiness and ways you can bring and establish a happy state of mind and being into your life. If you have any questions or comments and you weren't able to get through on the phone lines, feel free to shoot me an email at admin at spiritevolution.co. And while you're there, check out some of my blog posts uh, about happiness and other things and take a look at my upcoming events, retreat, and my online course. I hope as you begin your summer and your holiday weekend this weekend, for my folks in uh, the United States, that you can look for and find happiness and joy within you and that you carry that forward throughout your life. I hope that you have a great day. And again, check out my website, that's spiritevolution.co, for more information on being happy and for additional things that might help you as you go through your own courageous life journey. Thanks for listening. This has been Living a Courageously Authentic Life with host Jennifer Monahan. Listen each week as Jennifer helps you get down to the core of who you are, discover and connect to your inner spark, and bring that forward consistently and consciously in your day-to-day -day life. Here on Jennifer Monahan's Living a Courageously Authentic Life. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.